the first episode of a podcast about audio drama and the creative process. I'm W. Keith Timms, writer and podcaster, creator of the Book of Constellations. In this show, I listen to the first episode of an audio drama, then have a discussion with the creators about the show, their methods, struggles, and successes. Today, we're discussing the first episode of Wandering with the Dead. They say there's a man out there carrying a dead body through the West. Say the body's worth one hell of a pretty penny. Baby! You are haunting this land. I'm just passing through. It's gonna be alright. What's in the bag, friend? Nothing worth talking over. Created by Cody Signore. Wandering with the Dead is a horror western. In it, Christian, a bounty hunter, carries his dead bounty across the Old West, trying desperately to cash in on it before it deteriorates to nothing. Along the way, he encounters the worst of humanity, while living with the inhuman things that he's had to do in the lawless frontier. The first episode, Mama and the Animals, finds Christian with his prize corpse attempting to navigate desolate mountains in a snowstorm before being captured by cannibals. Listeners are advised that our discussion of the subject matter of this story can be grim. I spoke to Cody remotely from his home near Boston. Tell us a little bit about yourself as an artist and your background. I come from a very film-based background. From a very early age, I, I, I loved films, and I think our whole family did. We moved a lot when I was a kid, so we... Our one constant was always a movie theater that we'd always go and sneak away and, and, you know, find the escapism of cinema. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it turns into something more and you start learning about the process and you start learning about everything else. And from a really young age, I knew I wanted to do something in storytelling and specifically film-based storytelling. From high school on, my main goal was to try to find a film school and get to a film school as quickly as I possibly could. It was a satellite school at a Boston university called the Center for Digital Imaging Arts almost like a trade school. You know, the first day we had our hands on the camera and it was just about learning the process. And, you know, we really kind of formed a lot of friendships and, and made a lot of terrible short films um, <laughs> together and, and terrible projects. Graduated from there in 2007, basically just just started trying to find work in film in any way that we could. And it was right. such an interesting time in, in Boston, in the Boston area for that, because it was, I started the school when The Departed came out and Boston film production was exploding at that time, you know, which was awesome because it it gave, you know, there was almost a level up that happened in the Boston area where everyone that was working on these documentaries and and working on the commercials and, you know, the indie films were were now jumping up to the bigger films and kind of made room for, for, for guys and gals like us to do the documentaries and do the other stuff and work our way up. Which was awesome. And, and you know, right. we, we formed like a really close bond with everyone that we went to school with. They really wanted to push the fact that it was a center, you know, and the hope was that you would just meet people and bounce ideas off of and work on their projects. They would work on your projects. And yeah, I still work with them all today, you know. <laughs> 15 years later, I'm still working with so many of them. My goal was always to direct and be in control, I guess, for lack of a better term, of the storytelling aspect of it and trying to enact a vision. And it's such a goal-oriented sport trying to get everybody to, to go the, the same direction that, that you think it should go and, and pivot when people have much better ideas. And you, you don't come out of film school and someone shows up at your door and is like, okay, I need you to direct this Avengers film. Um, or, you know, I, I've got this, you know, uh, Scorsese script that he doesn't want to do and I need you to do it ASAP. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a lot of trying to, you know, find these short films that 
you believe in that you think you know could could get you seen and we we've, we've gone through a lot of that process and so much of that putting a lot of our money if not all of our money into into trying to create some of these projects and yeah you make a you make a body of work and you make it as honestly as you can and you hope that that process will lead to something else which will lead to something else and that sort of thing so then tell me how did wandering with the dead come about we all have our day jobs in 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 the film production. You know, a lot of us working in production companies and and working with clients, and a lot of us freelance. Still, we're all luckily enough to have stable jobs to take care of ourselves and to chase our our dreams on top of it as well, which which kind of keeps us moving and 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 grounded at the same time. We had done a short film, which at the time this was about two thousand nine or so. It was the biggest thing that I had produced. And it was for a very close friend of mine who who wrote it and he directed it and you know he really believed it and I really believed in it as well as him, and so we took this really big undertaking for us, which was really kind of I guess shooting for the stars. And we had done this production, um, we had filmed it in New Hampshire. He really swung for the fences, and I think he you know he did something really really cool. Coming fresh off of that, I, I was very much like I feel good about what we tried to do. I really want to direct myself now, and so I had a short. That I'd kind of been sitting on. It was uh, it was five pages, and it was a western. I really wanted to do it, and I felt like I really understood what I wanted to do with it, and I wanted to, to challenge myself at the time. It was basically the story of of a bounty hunter making his kill on these open plains. You know what was so great about our group at the time was we would just bounce all those ideas off of each other, and and one of our friends was like, "Oh, I think you know, I used to live in Colorado, I used to live in Boulder." I really think you should swing for the fences too. I think you should go out there and, and location scout. And I think you should film this out there. I, I was like, you know what? That's crazy, but I think we need to be crazy <laughs> yeah. um, to try to get ourselves seen. So I I had just started working in a production company. I was saving up all of my money to, to fly us out there and try to do some location scouting. And we, and we drove around the Rockies off a lot of dirt roads to basically <laughs> just camp out and, and location scout these ghost towns in the Rockies. So beautiful and gorgeous, and and seeing some of these towns in real life, you know, I've been thinking about westerns so much. And at the time, it, it was it was my it was inspiring me. So I was trying to ride that wave. And we basically went out there, and I I was such a young filmmaker, and I I couldn't find anything I liked uh, um, <laughs> for for what I had in the vision in my head with. And so we came back. I basically had just wasted all of my money on three of us just driving around looking at beautiful locations in Colorado. And I, and I never did anything with it. The idea was always there. And I had always, I riffed on the idea some more and I was like, Oh, there's different stories here that I think we could tell, you know, what if it doesn't end there? What if it, the story you know, too dissimilar from old man in the sea, where he's now carrying this body across the old West and he's running mm. into these situations and it's deteriorating and he has to get it back to where he's going to get it back to before it rots away to nothing. You know, there's, there was themes I thought that we could play on there for sure. And, and I just never did anything with it. <laughs> um, you were being a perfectionist. Is that what you yeah, would say? Or, yeah, yeah, totally. I was so young in the process of being able to take a challenge and be like, okay, here's how we can work around that challenge. I had this feeling that I needed to be so unrelenting with how my vision, you know, came across for it all. And it, you know, it just, it just ended up being a huge learning lesson, which I'm so thankful for. Yeah. I think that's a lesson that, you know, a lot of creative people struggle with. Do I hold out for the perfect version of my idea mm. and then maybe never make it at all? Or yeah. do I learn how to take what I've got and, and just make the best out of what, what's available? Yeah. So how did this end up in audio drama? Fast forward many years, um, I had put all those scripts away. 
we're working in the same place together. Uh, our group, you know, a lot of us are working on the same production company together. We're, everyone just kind of starts writing. We basically just started sharing scripts with each other all the time, you know, feature link scripts, and we were passing them back and forth and, and just trying to create and, and fine tune our skills and our muscles. And um, it was happening so much that one of us jokingly was like, oh my gosh, you know, we should just record <laughs> us reading our scripts <laughs> so that, so that we, right. so, you know, we can listen to it in the car, you know, we're, we're running out of time. I, I kind of started thinking about that a little bit and I guess thinking back on it now, maybe this is hopefully a big change from the person I was when I was unable to do anything, but I was like, I just want to create content and I really want to get things out there. And I feel better when I can make something and share it with people. And I, I was itching to just do something. And I had uncovered one of our old short stories that we had written. It's actually the opening five minutes of the first episode. I, I recorded a voiceover for it. And I was like, oh, I got an idea. Like, you know, what if I put audio tracks down, you know, create an emotion or try to create atmosphere. I'm so big on atmosphere, which is probably a flaw of mine as well, because I lean so heavily on it. But I, I started laying the tracks down, started putting it down, and I had sent it to our group. And I was like, hey, guys, what do you think of this? And and they were like, oh, this is this is really cool. This is really interesting. You know, it's kind of a neat way to do it. And one of our friends was like, oh, what if you get voice actors to do it? And it kind of just snowballed from there. Yeah. So you hadn't really listened to audio dramas much previous to this. I think I had mentioned before that when I was you know, young, we had moved so much. I, I have such distinct memories. I was born on the Cape here up in Massachusetts, and then we had moved mm. to Florida, and then we moved from Florida to Texas um, a few years later. And I remember on that ride to Texas, I remember stopping in the South at plenty of Cracker Barrels, um, <laughs> but specifically stopping. And I remember my mother being like, oh, this, you know, and it was the shadow audio tapes. Right. Old time radio um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, ah, I used to listen to this all the time and we, you know, spent almost all the trip just listening to the shadow, which was awesome. It, it was so much fun. I, you know, I think my mother has a huge influence on the things like that. You know, we watched a lot of dark shadows when I was a kid and these old, older meditative kind of um, horror tinged, horror themed thrillers. What attracts you to the Western? It's such an interesting time period in my head. And I think I, I've always loved history. I, I had done a lot of traveling and I, I just remember being in these places like St. Louis and Seattle and everywhere. And I would just dive deep into the history of Seattle <laughs> and dive deep yeah. into the history of St. Louis. And, you know, I, I think it was probably very much inspired by just going out to Colorado and, and, and seeing these places and knowing that there's history here. For me, Western specifically, even before that, of, of being interested in that, in that genre was, I mean, you know, Sergio Leone's mm -hmm. Man With No Name trilogy of right. this grime and this brutality and this toughness, you know, that, that has honestly faded away so much from what I'm interested in now. But at the time it was, you know, this lawless nature of our country, you know, that's home that was really just trying to figure itself out. That was unfortunately every man and woman for themselves at the time. Yeah. Clearly your series has very disturbing and grim and violent mm. themes within it. What is your aim in bringing these themes to life? It is such a brutal time in our past and our history, and, and it's so raw and honest and almost cathartic, I think, in a lot of ways to, to dip into these horrors and these monsters of men that are really challenging, I think, myself as a writer, as a creative to kind of dip into these, these visions or these versions of the world. Yeah. It scares me a bit. And I think in my hope of, of finding art that challenges not only myself, but hopefully listeners as well, I, I think it was... Something that, for lack of a better term, I guess felt honest, that it wouldn't be shying away from the darkest reaches, unfortunately, of, of our own psychology, I guess. 
Yeah, you mentioned that that humanity has a dark side, and that mm. we often do terrible things to each other. Mm. I, I'm I was struck by the fact that in the chapter one, Mama and the animals, the the cannibals that we encounter, they're living in one of the most unforgiving parts of the West. Right? Mm-hmm. They even talk about that there's nothing out here but wolves and spiders. Um, and it struck mm-hmm. me that it's this environment that they're living in that may have forced them to turn to violence and despicable acts just to survive. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting thematic perspective about environment and how mm-hmm. it affects the way we behave as human beings. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's a brilliant point. And I think for myself, nature is such a driver in, in my own inspiration. We just traveled to the mountains um, in New Hampshire a few weekends ago, all of us, we try to do it once a year. Being out there and being surrounded by these mountains, it's it's such, I, I feel so alive in doing it, you know, and I, I think so much of that really inspires, I think, a lot of my work. And I think spe- specifically wandering with the dead and imagining these landscapes and these places that they do shape the people and they do shape how you operate in that world and how you come to terms with who you are. Also, just seeing characters live with that side of themselves, you know, to me is such an interesting thing to dig into. We all try to live our lives as best we can and probably why it's become such an interesting idea to me of the things you've had to do out there to survive. Let's talk about the first episode, Mom and the Animals. The story follows Christian, who is uh, a bounty hunter. He's carrying a dead body across the West to turn in uh, a bounty. Now, we meet him in the first episode, and there's really almost two stories uh, mm. in the first episode. The first is sort of introducing Christian and his encounter with Native Americans, and it's very short, but it demonstrates a lot of who he is as a person. And then the second story is about Christian who encounters a group of cannibals who capture him and some others and his fight to escape them. At the end, of course, he rescues a, a young girl. It's, is the first story with the Native Americans, is that like a prologue? Yeah. What was your aim with that? That was the short story that I went back to originally. Mm-hmm. I guess from that moment, I really had this idea in my head that I was like, oh, this could be the prologue of the introduction of the character Christian. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I guess, you know, in the middle of his journey now. It felt like an interesting introduction to the character that I hope was intriguing. A crunch of twigs. They all turn. At the edge of the thicket, one of their own, half-crouched with her eyes in shock, remains perfectly still. A tarnished glint of steel burrows its way through her hair, leading up to the gloved hand of the rider. The rider steps out from behind the watcher, revealing himself to the others. He lowers his pistol, though he keeps it tightly grasped. They all wait silent. The rider speaks first. When he does, they flinch in surprise, an accented yet strangely fluent version of their own tongue. You followed me for three days. You are haunting this land. I'm just passing through. You brought the devil here. Burn this body, its spirit, this prisoner. Its spirit is my prisoner. Leave the body, and I will let you all live. If I catch your eyes on the trees again, I will return to burn your home. When we get into the story of uh, Mama and the Animals and Christian is, is dealing with these terrible people uh, dressed in animal fur, you, you don't pull any punches. Um, <laughs> you, you really give us some grisly detail. I guess I'm curious as to why you went and said, let's, mm. let's really sink our teeth, so to speak, into this. 
whether it was right or wrong, I certainly, you know, I, I, I certainly had had so many discussions about. It. I was like, oh gosh, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be the first episode of anything anyone is going to want to hear. <laughs> um, and uh, but to me, it just felt honest. I, I felt like if I was going to go in that direction, if I was going to lean into cannibals, that I, I felt like I had to pull no punches with that for me yeah. to feel honest about about creating it or, or going after it. But, you know, at the same point, it's, it's, <laughs> I, there was, there was many, many mullings over of, of, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a tough first episode of an audio drama and of an audio fiction. And I hope people, yeah. <laughs> I hope someone can, can, can latch onto it. But if not, I'm just going to kind of go for it. And then hopefully it doesn't come off too um, ill-willed or too um, gratuitous for gratuitous. Right. Sake. No, I don't, I, I agree. I don't think it's gratuitous. I mean, I think it's, it's entirely appropriate in terms of the subject matter, right? Mm. If you're going to tell a story about the depths of human evil, you want to show the evil, right? Mm. Mama emerges from the center, and her walk turns into a crawl as she moves to Riley. It is cold out here. No room for anything but wolves and spiders. Where's Bill? Moose leans into the new kettle hanging over the fire and pulls out a steaming piece of meat and hands it to her. You must be very hungry. Mama raises the meat to Riley's face. Riley drifts his head away as he refuses to take it. Mama places it against his cheek. Why don't you want this? I don't know. I am hungry. Eat it. There is a little bit of, I guess I could call it hope, although the imagination makes you think about other horrors, but mm. Christian rescues a little girl at the end. And this is a chance, I think, for Christian to show some of his, that he comes off at first so hard as a very hard, dangerous, and violent man. Mm. But the presence of the girl gives him a chance to show that he is not like Mama and the animals. He still has humanity left in him. He even talks about the fact that he has young children at home and he hasn't seen them in a while. That was certainly the hope with with uh, with her character, little girl Hannah. Yeah, to find a way to ha- be able to have a humanizing element to this terrible character that will continue to descend into these terrible depths. You do the voice of the narrator. Yes, I do. You rely heavily on narration in mm. your storytelling, at least in the first episode. Talk to me about that choice. It was certainly not my first choice <laughs> to have <laughs> to have myself narrate it. For lack of a better term, to be blunt, I hate my own voice, um, which I'm sure that many of us struggle with with said things as well. I was met with kind of an impasse. I started casting for the first episode and casting. And I think as I started getting into it, I was realizing I was having a lot of trouble <laughs> with my budget <laughs> to think about how do I have somebody, you know, a really esteemed quality, be able to, to do this for 30 minutes and to do it for multiple chapters. Brian, uh, our lead of, who plays Christian, and he plays Bear Man as well, actually. I had sent him over. I was like, "Hey, here's what I'm trying to do with it." You know, I sent him over the first meeting of Bearman and Christian on that on that hill there on the mountain, and I sent that with my narration over to to Brian. And Brian was like, "Oh, this is." I apologized for my narration. <laughs> I was like, "I'm sorry." He, he was like, "Ah, I love the narration." So I just leaned into it. I couldn't see it at the time when doing it, but now looking back on it, I I think I hope it works. But I think it works at least from my aesthetic. I was getting so many narrations back that had the Western slang and, and oh, the right. Western accent, you know, and I was like, you know what? I think 
with me just being a plain Jane <laughs> narrator with no accent and just kind of being honest. You know, I think it works for, for what I like aesthetically. I think one of the biggest struggles that I had with this first episode was it was my first jump into it. I look on this first episode and I'm like, oh, you should have done everything better. But specifically, <laughs> I think this first episode is an audiobook more than it is an audio fiction podcast. You know, I've always been a proponent of trying to like understand the medium. I think I figured it out on the third episode of Wandering with the Dead, but it took me a while to figure out how to play in the medium of audio fiction right. properly. It's tough, brain. right? Especially if you're used to a visual medium like film. That's one of the things yeah. that I've done is I would sometimes write, I'd write a scene and I'm like, wait a minute, you need to see this in order for hmm. it to make sense. How yeah, do, yeah. What do I do? You know? Um, so I totally get that. One of the things that I think I, I think you do effectively to create this atmosphere that you love is the use of music. Mm. Talk to me about your musical choices and um, how you selected them and what you use. How do you use music in your work? Music in movies, it's always stuck out to me for so, for so long. And I've always loved it. And it's inclusion and the certain inclusion of, of a, a musical note, you know, scores being one thing, which are brilliant, but, you know, a simple inclusion of a song at the end of the film while the credits roll. I feel it can have so much to say about the film as a whole that it will linger with you. Now that you've seen the whole picture, you've seen, you know, that hour and a half to two hour worth of film. This is the song I'm leaving you with while you can think about everything you just saw. I think what was most different for me about Wandering with the Dead than the other stuff I might have done is I, I really just wanted to make something that as dark as it gets, I, I hope there's some bombastic emotion or also cathartic feelings that others can get. I was always cutting things out to fit the budget that we had or having to pivot because something was unavailable to use. And the audio drama world is just a world where you can, you can write what you wanted to write. And the only thing keeping you from doing it is your own imagination at that point. I wanted to kind of go big and bombastic. And so, you know, I, I hope the music aligns with some of that too. You do that at the end of the first episode, you give us this really um, mournful, powerful ballad to sort of think about things. And that's the like the last five minutes of the episode. Carry me home when the light in my eyes does fade. Carry me home when the shadow comes to take me away. Light on my bones. Now I'll be in a better place. Release my soul. It's so funny because that song I had listened to um, by the Sweeplings, who are a brilliant duo. I had listened to that song for so long. And it's so funny. I, I was always like, ah, I, I'm going to put this song at the end of this feature that I've written. <laughs> I'm going to put this song, you know, I, I want to do a, a fake music video for the song. I was like, ah, I really love this song. Uh, recently, in the past couple of years, this licensing website called musicbed.com has popped up. And I found this song on there. Like that is that is exactly for me the mood that I would love to, that I want to end this on. What do you struggle with? I think the hardest part for sure is just getting just getting the first draft out for mm. me of the story that's in my head. And I think it's <laughs> it's such a you know I mean it's great when you hear everyone also talk about struggling with this. You know I mean you you do the first draft. I mean you, the process of just getting the first thing there 
and you just question your own existence <laughs> throughout the process. And you're like, what are you doing? This is madness and bananas. You're the worst writer. You're the worst editor. You're the worst storyteller that's ever existed. You should probably just quit. But that's the moment where you get to the end and, and you can see clearly, you know, you forced yourself to go to the end of the story. I, I've, I've gotten better at being able to step back and be like, okay, that's terrible. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to question myself, my own creative existence anymore. Here is how I think I can, I can fix that and make that something that I think is, is really strong. But I think it's definitely just getting through the first, the first pass of anything. Yeah. How do you measure success? I've spoken hopefully pretty highly of the audio drama community and and people that have fallen into wandering with the dead. And I'm pretty critical, I think of this first episode and even the second episode, you know, I, I, both were really challenging in good ways. The second one was really challenging in, in the subject matter that I was writing about. I received a lot of emails and a lot of messages. It's really awesome, you know, seeing some of the reviews that have popped up on iTunes or other places. My goal is always just wanting to be able to put stories out there for people to listen to and to be able to connect to. Hmm. Hearing those positive things that people like it, even even as I, I see the flaws in it and, and, and missteps here and there, which will be anything, I guess, in art. Sure. Hearing those has really been a lot of fun. And I, I think for me, measuring the success is, is just hearing from people that, that, you know, they felt something. There's a really interesting interview that I think about often that I read um, with Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails that he had said something that the journalist had asked him, do you think tech giants and entrepreneurs and, and, and the tech world, Facebook and, and social media, is that the new rock stars now, you know? But he came back with an emphatic no. And he was like, I love that I can get groceries delivered to my apartment. That's, that's awesome. I'm happy with that. But he was like, if I come into a piece of art that I love or listen to a song that I like, it becomes a part of my soul. And mm-hmm. I kind of carry that with me from, from here on. All of that, I think, is a really long-winded way to say if someone enjoyed something that I've put out there, I, I think that makes me feel, feel really good about where, where I've gone or, or where the art's gone. Yeah. There are currently three chapters about Christian out. Okay. Yes. And you've got more on the way? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The closing chapters, which, which – um, which I think are, are, are really cool. What keeps you wanting to tell the story? What keeps you motivated? What keeps you coming back to this project? Yeah, I, I think for me, it's, it's where, where the story is going and where it ends. What keeps me going is, is wanting to share that ending with people and hoping that, that they feel a sense of fulfillment with that journey. You know, I, it's kind of a, it is kind of a daunting task because I, I hope that it sets it up in such an interesting way that I hope people want to know how we how we find ourselves at the end. The third episode of this chapter three is something I'm actually, I'm, I, it's flawed, um, but it's actually something I'm really proud of is the third episode of Project. And I think after feeling like I understand the audio fiction world and, and really what Wandering with the Dead can be um, after that episode, I, I'm really excited to finish up these last chapters and put it out there for, for people to listen to and, and hopefully enjoy. What lessons have you learned about creating audio drama? that you can share with people who might want to create their own. Finding something obviously is a story that speaks to you so well that you can really visualize, I guess, and get behind, which it sounds so funny to say visualize um, <laughs> right. while, while, while talking about the, the audio drama verse, but I, it's been such an interesting path to go through while creating the audio dramas. I feel like I'm seeing, you know, the, the images in my head of, of what's happening, you know, on the screen that's not there, you know. <laughs> right, it, it's <laughs> theater of the mind, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's 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 really it's something so different from from filmmaking. But in filmmaking, 
it's almost more cut and dry what you're giving the audience. And and I think you, there's many times where you can be wrong and you can dilute, I think, a story with your choice of a film, you know, that doesn't speak for some people. And the audio world and the audio drama is, you know, I guess in talking about the auteur theory and who's the author of, of Water with the Dead or, or a film or anything you're watching, I feel like it so much belongs to the listener. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's oh, yeah. what's such an interesting thing about audio dramas is that I see the world in my head when I listen to it. But somebody else next to me sees a completely different world. As much as I could describe a sunset or describe, you know, um, how how the sand kicks up in the cowboy's face, somebody else is seeing something completely different than what I'm seeing. I, I totally agree with you. There, there are certainly things that film can do better than audio drama or live theater, for example. Mm. But for me, audio drama is intimate because it's right in your ears. The listener has to create the reality themselves. Because you, you take away sight and you and all you're giving them is sound. And that means there's a lot of gaps in information which are left. Mm. And the listener is going to fill in those gaps with what they expect and what they think should be there. As you said, it definitely makes it their experience, which mm. I think can have a much more profound impact. It'll be a personal story to them. And to me, I think that's, mm-hmm. I think audio drama needs to embrace that. Yeah, you're completely right. It's It's trusting. It's trusting the audience or allowing the audience to, to visualize and participate in their own world and create that tension themselves. He looks to the little girl. For weeks, he's never had the heart to ask her what happened to her up there alone with Mama and the animals. He could only imagine. He would never ask. I don't know what you want. I'll keep you with me. Until you find something you're comfortable with. I have to get to Missouri with this. I have small children. They've been alone for weeks, waiting for me. Signore describes wandering with the dead as the old man in the sea meets the shining. But there are echoes of films like The Revenant and Unforgiven here as well. At the heart of the grisly themes of this tale is the question of human morality. Away from civilization, How far into evil will people go? And is it possible to retain humanity in such a place with such people in it? You can listen to Wandering with the Dead on most major podcast platforms or see our show notes for more details. The first episode of is written and produced by W. Keith Timms. All the opinions expressed in this show belong to the people who expressed them and not necessarily to anyone else. The theme song is Mockingbird by David Mumford. If you want more information, want to sign up for our newsletter, or if you're an audio drama creator and would like to be on the show, visit our webpage at thefirstepisodeof.com. If you like down-to-earth sci-fi audio drama, check out my show, The Book of Constellations, wherever you get your podcasts. Keep telling stories. It's the only way we're going to get out of this mess. Until next time. I know you got questions about him. Where did he come from? How did he do all those things they say he did? Was he a terrorist? Was he crazy? Was his skin really blue? Well, I'll tell you what I know. I was there with him, driving through the back roads under the stars. I was witness to wonders and miracles 
and to the darkness that's coursing through the veins of our country. He came to fight it in his own strange way, but no one leaves that fight unchanged. Not even Rael. People ought to know the truth. And I was there. The Book of Constellations is a down-to-earth sci-fi road trip. It's audio fiction, and you can find episodes at bookofconstellations.com or wherever you get your podcasts.